Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. It's the Uticast, episode 244. Joining us this week on his way to the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is Devin Mahoney, owner, the man, the myth, the legend behind the Utica Theater for Creative Arts uh, on Genesee Street. Go to U-T-C-A-N-Y to check out all their upcoming events, including Two Dollar Tuesdays, which is back on March 3rd. Uh, also this week, Heather is back. Kevin is back. We're going to discuss uh, the coronavirus, Harvey Weinstein, uh, esports, Bernie Sanders, Generation Alpha, uh, all of this and so much more, folks. As always, we are happy to have you here on the Uticast, uh, episode Happy to, I'm happy to see you. Like you're not asleep yet. You're so tired. You told me you're so tired. I am. Uh, hey, chat me up for a second. You used to be more active on Twitter, and you're a little bit off of it lately. What's the deal? I used to always be able to find good content to razz you about I haven't had Twitter. anything to talk about. I've been quiet. You were on Facebook showing off your kid doing I ski do jumps at Macaulay. I know. Weekend. I was so excited. So proud of him. <laughs> Made a little jump, and he went over it. I was like, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you something I'm excited for, Heather. There's an event I think I'm going to see you at this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that is the Utica Zoo Winter at the Wild, uh, Winter in the Wild, mm-hmm. February 29th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot on. of cool stuff going on. A lot of cool stuff. Chili cook-off. Uh, we have the Q&A with the, uh, the CNY Olympians, mm-hmm. which I need to talk to Mark Simon about because I think I'm involved in this oh yeah you yeah, are we, we actually were in a meeting and already volunteered you to do it and okay so, so good so i'm working this weekend so, yeah yeah so come see me as i do the q a with the cny olympians uh so we talked about that at length yeah i'm gonna be on there doing all sorts of extra podcasting this week maybe i'll drag one of the olympians into the show and have them do a podcast afterwards can so. i just say one thing that i do think is cool it's gonna be there's Aaron Hamlin's going to be there with a luge, mm-hmm. like, a, like a thing you can actually oh, try like a, it out. like and, a demonstration? Yeah, they're going to do like a demonstration. So you're going to have a luge right over the lion cage? Whatever you want. I, know, I love it. I know. That's what I thought. I was like, that would be One cool. of the things I'm seeing here on the poster is charity coat drive. Yeah. Which means if you're going, bring your coat. You mm-hmm. gotta, you, I know you got an old coat at the house. Uh, folks need them. You don't need it in your closet. They yeah. take up space. You use up all the good hangers. So I'll bring a coat. Because if you're wearing a coat and you don't bring a coat, Mark Simon's going to take it off you and you're going to have to yeah. give it up anyway. Yep. So That's yeah. true. <laughs> so that is uh, uticazoo.org uh, backslash winter in the wild if you're looking for more information. Tickets are $8 for adults, $5 for kids. Nothing for me because I'm working there. So, haha, free entry for so me. excited. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to coming up with the questions like three hours before I'm there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wake up real early that morning and just – I think it's only like a half an hour panel too. So yeah, it's only a half hour. I'm curious like how much stuff I'm going to be able to get in. So if you have questions that you're interested uh, – and I'll put the get, uh, list of guests up. I, I remember two of them, but I don't want to mm-hmm. mention – yeah. Two of the three, and then not forget the third one. So, well, especially with something short like half an hour, all you really do is get them talking. Like, so the Olympics, talk to me about it. <laughs> well, one of the questions that I'm very curious about, and I am definitely going to ask uh, Aaron, is, you know, for a guy like Rob Ash, who plays, uh, who played hockey, when you're uh, an athlete like that and you're playing like a sport, you're sort of comparing yourself to like other people you play against, other teams you play against. 
I'm curious with something like luge where it's a time sport where it's like something you're working on on your own. Like, when do you realize that you're not just good but world-class good? Like, are you figuring it out just by time trials? Like, in a room some Like, that's the thing that I'm curious about with something yeah. like that. These more individualized Olympic I events. bet they've probably got metrics. Just like if you're a golfer, you got people to compare yourself to. It's just we don't know about who the luge people compare themselves to. Exactly. Luge isn't mm-hmm. you know, the largest sport in the country. It's true. Uh, Kevin, you were on Twitter this a couple weeks ago, and I saw something. You were going under debate with your brother about the best pasta shapes, about the what? best pasta noodles. I, joined, I, I joined in late. Uh, I joined <laughs> in about nine hours late about in a conversation pasta. between my brother... Uh, two of my cousins and my cousin's wife. So basically three of my cousins. So you were submitting the choice of the medium-sized shell. Yes. <laughs> as un- as that was underrated? Deeply, deeply underrated. What's a medium-sized shell? Like a Velveeta-style shell. Oh, yeah. yeah, those are great. A little bit bigger than yeah. Velveeta. Mm-hmm. The ones that are bigger than Velveeta. Yes. Velveeta's like a small shell. You got the large shell that you stuff, the yeah. medium shell. Rosa has them. Yeah. yeah, Rosa's or, got or, everything. Rosa? Yeah, Rosa Rosa's has got them. everything. Yeah. I made a mediocre sauce over the weekend. And I bought pasta. And I bought the... The the ziti not the ziti they almost look like the cut rigatoni but the the small the penny, thin ones the with penny. the penny rigatoni yeah, the penny. yeah those were pretty good uh, I also like a frozen that's how it got started because somebody was like yo penny is whack that's what started that conversation um, like, penny is garbage yeah it's not great it's not great for you want I think any more substance like a bigger I'm a big fan, like a big rigatoni style like a yeah. thick one yeah yeah. <laughs> I actually prefer a uh, an oriketti or a hats. I've talked about this before. I think hats is the best, mm-hmm. but it depends on the sauce, right? It, you all, can't... it all depends on the dish. I mean, that's yeah. the trick with doing pasta shapes is like different pasta shapes for a different dish. Mm-hmm. To be real, though, I'm not... I feel like I'm never super down for long pasta. I love, like, angel hair pasta. Angel hair pasta? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of that stuff, too. You need it if you're doing, like, if you were going to do something like a shrimp scampi or any kind oh, of yeah. situation like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely like a long and like thicker noodle, like a proper deli noodle. Really good, mm. like some oh, short ribs yeah. and some veggies. Mm. Gosh, you need to come over and cook. And yeah, no, I'm hungry now. I'm really hey, hungry right pay, now. Pay us some of that Zoom money. We're coming over. <laughs> Give me all of that. Uh, so let's see what's going on on my end. Uh, the teaching ends. Uh, we're starting World War II this week. My last lesson at, at the school I'm working at before I have to move to the younger age range. Mm. Oh, boy. I'm not super excited about it i gotta be honest i've really enjoyed working with the high school level kids and uh going down to the middle school is gonna oh, be so middle school yeah mm. i don't know middle school kids are fools yeah there's a certain level of like autonomy that you don't get until you're like in that second half of high school like your own personality and becoming right. a human being and and some kids in middle kids school are still very kids there's a lot yeah. of kids that are still very kids in yeah school. i'm not looking forward to that um, so I've been, like, I mean, you've, you've actively got kids going through their hormonal changes, yeah. like emotional yeah. mood swings. A lot of, I'd imagine middle school is probably the toughest beat there is. Oh, yeah. It's it's the tough. Most teachers will tell you that middle school is the toughest. Like, you either love working with the little kids like my mom did, first grade or second graders. They're so cute. I mean, that's actually another. I, I, I don't like dealing with little kids because they have to deal with, like, little kid problems that I'm not equipped to handle. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they, like, go to the bathroom in their pants still sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, the stuff oh, yeah. that you don't get as much in high school. High school kids will leave to well, go to the bathroom and never come back. Kids aren't going back. to the bathroom in their pants either. I'm a, I'm a low end. I'm a low end. You think? I mean, like, uh, yeah, it depends. Um, and then other than that, I just wanted to shout out uh, someone who passed away today. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Catherine Johnson, who is an, uh, a NASA mathematician, who's depicted in the movie uh, Hidden Figures. She was uh, an, she's a pioneering legacy of working for NASA and coming up with the technology and the mathematics to help people get into space. 
Uh, she passed away earlier today at the age of 101. Damn, 101. 101, I know. What for her? What a life. I know. She's a really, really cool, great story. So if you're looking for a good internet deep dive, look up uh, look up Catherine Johnson, who passed away today. I'm sure that there's going to be lots of like nice uh, write-ups and, and video stuff about her over the next day or so. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into sort of a all-over-the-place news week. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and let's check in with the coronavirus. It's been a while since we've <laughs> since we've checked in with the coronavirus. I am starting a conversation about the Black Plague with my kids in my lower grades tomorrow. So I need to find some sort of coronavirus Black Plague correlation. Uh, apparently, the people are so scared about the coronavirus that the stock market has taken a hit this week. All the stocks are down. Uh, and although the World Health Organization has not yet uh, said that the coronavirus outbreak is a pandemic, they're kind of on the verge of calling it a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of, we didn't really laugh about the coronavirus a few weeks ago, but I feel like most of my kids at school still see it as like a meme. Should we still, should we be more concerned about the coronavirus than we were like a month ago? Uh, should your kids in school be concerned about it? No. No. No, they're kids. Let them be kids. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Memes are funny. It's okay for them, I think. Yeah. Um, should we as individuals be more concerned than we were last week? Again, no. No. What are you, you going to just sit there and like fret about it? You know what I mean? Like sit there and like, oh, the coronavirus, like... I mean, we stay vigilant. You know what I mean? We stay vigilant. If there's we a vaccine, to... get it. Just saying. Guys. Yeah, yeah. If they come, come on and with say, a vaccine, vaccine, uh, get coronavirus it. has <laughs> been ripe for conspiracy theories, as, mm. any, as any disease breakout yeah. is. Um, you see some wild videos coming out of China, some wild behavior coming out of China. I saw one today that was crazy. Yeah, you never know what you're seeing or what it is. You don't know if anything you see is real, and it's only going to get worse mm. in an election year. So, like, who knows? But, uh, yeah, coronavirus, wild. Uh, here's a quote from the uh, World Health Organization director, Tedros Adhanam, uh, who's talking about several reasons why they didn't declare it a pandemic yet. For the moment, we are not witnessing the uncontained global spread of this coronavirus. We are not yet witnessing large-scale severe destruction, disease or death. What we see are epidemics in different parts of the world affecting countries in different ways and requiring a tailored response. And to be fair, like for all the breathless fear-mongering that's going on in the media about this right now... Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to remember coronavirus has a fatality rate, I think, I believe, of 2%. Yeah. yeah. It's kind you know of like I mean? the, so, I think the flu is more dangerous than the for coronavirus. All of our, for all, oh, of, yeah. our, for all so. of our senior citizen listeners and all the folks that tune into the UDCast from the nursing homes uh, around town around the country. <laughs> Definitely. You folks, coronavirus coming for that ass. Like, you should be careful yeah. where your mask is. They actually said it's not affecting kids. If you, yeah, that's a, that, that's a good thing, too. So. You know, better watch Makes out me happy. It. Hey, speaking of infectious diseases, uh, Harvey Weinstein, back in the news today. Oh, yeah. uh, Harvey Weinstein. Guilty. Guilty. I couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah, it's come to an end the, uh, after... Well, let's see what the sentencing is. <laughs> I know, right? Before you, we see how days of like, I know, right? Probation. Uh, so, he is in a jail cell tonight after being convicted of felony sex crimes. After five days of deliberation, Weinstein was found guilty of third-degree rape and criminal sexual act. Uh, but acquitted uh, of other three other counts, including the, more, the most serious predatory sexual assault. He showed little emotion when the verdict was read and seemed stunned when he was let out of the court. Of course he did. People with money always You know, I think that's the part. It's a great point. You're just thinking about it. Well, he's still acting, too. They don't live Sentencing in reality. Sentencing hasn't happened yet. Yeah. yeah. So, so it still behooves him to act. Mm. You know what I mean? It still behooves him to, to play the character or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... It's weird that, like, uh, I didn't forget this was going on, but so many things have happened since yeah. Yeah, yeah. since this has started. It just totally sort of, forget this was going on. It, well, it came out of nowhere today. I just saw the assumption. And you know what? Harvey Weinstein, it, it just, it's a good example of, like, you know, paying for the stuff that you do. Like, you know, 
whether or not he got convicted of everything or, or whatever it is, he hurt a lot of people and he well, used his power to like you know corrupt a lot of things around him and to make people do terrible things because of the power he had. And I'm glad that he actually paid some kind of price so he could face up to 25 years in jail. Well, he's also like it's not you know it's not the only case. So when he gets yeah. out of jail, he's got to face his California charges, mm-hmm. and he's 67 years old. You know what I mean? Like this guy, this guy's pretty done. You know what I mean? All things considered, um, some some really I'm not gonna get into it on the show, but some really harrowing witness testimony. Oh yeah, some really gross, gross, gross witness testimony mm-hmm. where they ask the witnesses to yeah. describe um, the man's appendages. Uh, you know, it doesn't excuse anybody's behavior, but what these people are talking about, no wonder this guy's such a psycho. Like, just gross stuff to be read if you want to read gross stuff. <sighs> well, so we'll see uh, next week what the actual sentencing is for Harvey Weinstein. Uh, we didn't really talk about it last week, so let's just check in briefly before we get into something a little lighter. Uh, with our old pal Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Long time listener of the show. Long time <laughs> listener of the show. Bernie Sanders. Uh, he won the Nevada caucus in pretty pretty overwhelming fashion. It's the first major runaway victory he's had. Um, but also third victory in a row. But they, third, they don't want to talk to you about it, but he's won them all so far. That is correct. And that's, know, actually, right? and that's actually something that I wanted to talk about. It's interesting the way that he is being portrayed on the various sides of the media. You know, I'm not surprised that on the Fox News side, um, you're seeing, you know, people on Fox News claiming that the economy, the stock market is down not because of the coronavirus, but because of Bernie Sanders. Uh, but then, you know, earlier this week, uh, Chris Matthews on MSNBC uh, got called out because he compared Sanders' Nevada victory to Nazi Germany's defeat of France, which seems like an outrageous thing to say to a Jewish it is man. It's an outrageous thing to say. I, I guess I, I, I shouldn't. To a Jewish man who the majority of his family was literally yeah. killed in the Holocaust. Exactly. And it's just very. It seems like there's been an attempt on like a certain side of the media to really downplay almost everything he's done in a way that because they're scared of him. Like the MSNBCs and CNNs of the world seem scared of what Bernie Sanders could mean if he wins the if he wins the nomination and actually goes forward. Well, they're bosses, yeah. They're right. Yeah, but yeah. I mean this yeah, this is good news because you know like even in the way you frame it like oh, coming from both sides of the media, different sides. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, this is pulling the mask off for people that, mm-hmm. that, like, both sides is a misnomer and that doesn't exist. Like right. MSNBC and Fox News put different stuff on there, but they're the same thing with the same with you know similar owners, mm-hmm. similar ownership. And not to not to downplay Fox News, who's like a specifically unique brand of like lies and evil and mm-hmm. what they do. But like nobody at nobody at MSNBC and certainly at CNN gives a shit about mm-hmm. what's going on with like regular people. You know what I mean? They're still it's that old school third way Democrat garbage where they still protect big business and Wall Street. They just like throw a bone on some social issues where they have the exact same foreign policy, the exact same economic policy as you know the conservative because modern Democrat Party is pretty conservative by yeah. standards of political science and the spectrum the rest of the worldwide. So hopefully this is pulling the mass back from a lot of people mm-hmm. and going to show that if you're getting your news from TV that you watch, then you're not getting news and you need to stop. There's no reason to ever tune in to MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, any of it. There's no reason. Hmm. Absolutely no reason. Uh, I saw an interesting op-ed, actually, earlier this week. This is from CNBC, so again, take this for what you want. But this is just an op-ed that somebody got uh, wrote, uh, a guy named Jake Novak, and he's talking about what it is about young folks and why they support Bernie Sanders. And his sort of argument was that it's because of the way our parents raised us. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things he said was, you know, we were convinced growing up that 
uh, college was 100% necessary and everyone had to go there. And then in that in our lifetime, they made college unaffordable mm-hmm. for most people. And that's where you have a lot of support for this, you know, these economic reform policies for, for you know, uh, tuition and tuition reforming, you know, free colleges for all. Yeah, this is something, this was a lie that was sold, not a lie, this was a line that was sold to us when we were kids, right? If you went to college mm-hmm. and you paid the money, you would get a job and you oh, would pay yeah. it back. Make, Furthermore, if you don't you go to college, it. you might as well kill yourself because you're going to be homeless. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other point is he, uh, he made is that neither of the establishment parties really made any major attempt to court young voters. None. Like, no, you know, say what you will about, you know, I know that Obama was very popular, but I don't know if Hillary was pulling in the young folks. Right. I don't know if any of the other Democratic candidates who are out there right now are pulling in young folks. I don't think young folks are lining up to support Mike Bloomberg. You know what I mean? Like there's maybe no... Pete. Maybe Pete. Maybe a little bit of Pete. But that's yeah, the not. type of kids that the type of kids that reminded the teacher they forgot to assign homework are supporting Pete Bloomberg. <laughs> teacher, yeah, teacher. Those, those people or like old, well-off, like, Clinton-style <laughs> liberals, like, I mean, like, town of Clinton, like, the liberals out there probably love people to judge, because, like, oh, well, we can feel okay about what he says, but not actually change anything, or not actually sacrifice anything but for the good of working people. I feel like people. we did our part by, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, and the other one... Run for anything besides mayor of a city before you run for president. Well, I was I, I was looking at like Andrew Yang dropping out not too long ago, and it was like, what about what's Andrew Yang do now? And then immediately he's like a television correspondent now. Like he was, I was like, ah oh, man, really? Exactly. Kind of wanted to see him go do something in. I think he will. Yeah. He's probably just trying to get paid. He probably just spent a bunch of money. Probably straight yeah, away. Yeah, it's a great point. I was gonna say this is he's about a, as relevant as he's ever been, and, right? And he's out. He was out there saying he's like some of these candidates need to pull an Andrew Yang, hmm. and drop out of the race. <laughs> um, yeah, he. I mean, he wasn't a real candidate either. No, that's true. That's not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I also heard an interesting take that one of the reasons... Bernie's really the only person who's going to activate voters in the way that Trump and Obama did over the last two election cycles. Like, people, you know, we certainly don't like Trump on this show, it seems like, over the years, but he activated a lot of people who were not coming out to vote. I think Bernie has that... I don't think that's true. You don't think so? No. It was, I mean, it was historically the lowest turnout we've had in a national presidential election in... Mm some amount of like decades I think right. we just heard more than low, we normally we heard know. more yeah, I think that's yeah. what made it look like we heard like more that, yeah, but, but. Um, I think there's a, I think there's a chance that people are underestimating how excited people will be to go vote for Bernie if he's the nominee yeah the old folks yeah the old folks don't yeah. get it the, the old, old folks in this country and people of, of you know the baby boomer bent and people who still like subscribe to that kind of like moderate stick my head in the sand status quo kind of thing genuinely don't understand how the world's changed and what the world is like for young people right now. They try, they try, and mm. they might understand the abstract, but, like, they don't understand the reason that people are so into Bernie, and even the reason, like, you know, a lot of people were into Trump and this idea of, like, these populists, like, we gotta change the system-style candidates, is because, I mean, you think about it now, like, we're all in our, you know, mid-30s at mm-hmm. this point, mm-hmm. and the world and the country have been fucked up for as long as we've been alive. Yeah. Everything's been a fucking mess for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At least 20 years now. And everybody's seen it. For our entire adult lives, it's been like an absolute like shit show. And nothing's really gotten better for anybody in the middle class, the lower middle class over the course of the last 20 years. Nothing at all. You know what I mean? Everything's gotten more expensive and nobody can buy houses, get married, have kids, do any of this stuff. 
And, you know, that kind of gets taken for granted by, you know, old folks who are just like, ah, remember Joe Biden who's lost, like, three straight primaries that he's been in, but all of a sudden we think he'll be different? Mm-hmm. And that ties in actually... brain is softening. That ties into the last piece of this, of this, uh, bad, the last point was sort of this idea that we've been told for the last, like, that America's on fire. This whole thing is falling apart. And because of that, these moderate presidential candidates look like less viable candidates than ever. And if you're the kind of person who really believes that Donald Trump is a traitor and he's supporting, you know, bad things against America, then why would you assume that a moderate Democrat is the answer to fix these problems, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's, they're, they're not tangible mm-hmm. concepts that yeah. go hand in hand with each other. Uh, all right. Cool. Uh, we didn't talk about Bloomberg really much at all. What did you think of Bloomberg's debate performance last oh, I week? I would love to see it. <laughs> I did like I love, see it. As somebody, as somebody who initially... Um, <laughs> Smart. <laughs> you should look it up. It's okay. hilarious. Elizabeth, it's Zach really did, funny. Did, I did tell you about it. I passed Elizabeth out Warren worked him so hard. That's what Zach said. She... It was an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. It was just beating. Um, as somebody who supported Warren, really, yeah. Warren was my pick. If Warren somehow came around and won the nomination, mm-hmm. I would still be deeply into it. I think yeah. Warren is another... Herman Bernie were 1A, 1B for me pretty much the whole time. Um, yeah, she really... That was the best... It made me happy said. to see her out there. That's what my you husband said. I mean? He was, like, really proud of her and, like, was all gung-ho for her after that. Yeah, would love yeah. to see her uh, end up if in, you know, in a Democrat administration, somebody like Elizabeth Warren would be excellent to see, like, Secretary of the Treasury. Mm-hmm. Something like that would be cool to see her in the cabinet. Like having her in the Senate, I think she's a really valuable senator. But yeah, she boy, she beat the brakes off poor little Mike. Yeah, Warren. it was. She beat, and he was just standing there like. I wish I did. Well, I made the point. I was talking to my brother earlier about this. He's probably never had a woman talk to him like that. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like, no, great nobody call. talks to him like that. Let alone this woman who right there on the stage, and he. I mean, she went up one side, down the other, and back around again. Yeah. And it was a, it was a, which is great to see because Bloomberg's an abject scumbag, terrible you know? person. The fact that anybody's giving him any oxygen as uh, even pretending that he's a contender or like a participant in this thing is just one of the harbingers of, of the apocalypse and all the problems we have in this country. I don't know how he didn't see this coming. He is the embodiment of everything that like because he's arrogant. Because yeah. nobody said no to him in fifty years. Yeah. That's, that's a great the, point. I mean, that's the problem with you know these oligarchs and this billionaire class. That's so arrogant because who's ever said no? You know what I mean? Like no. you watch, you watch Succession. Oh yeah, he's Logan Roy. It's a similar, <laughs> same kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that was pretty good. We'll uh, we have Super Tuesdays coming up this week. Uh, no, next week Tuesday, obviously. We're gonna find out a lot, I think, in the next two weeks about what's going. I, I really. I, I keep thinking that there's going to be a moment when people start to drop out pretty quickly, like a bunch of people drop out, but right. it doesn't seem like... Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday? That's when it so, happens, yeah. So maybe we'll see what happens going after next week. Um, all right, and we'll check back in later on with that. All right, let's do a quick um, thanks, I hate it, uh, before we go to our interview this week. Guys, are you... Oh, Charles the Cat wants to say hello. Guys, are you... Uh, there's a new... Generation marker. Gen Z has been uh, as a successor. Are you guys ready for it? That's right. Uh, if you haven't heard, the newest cutoff is for children who are at the cusp of the age of 10. I don't know what the starting age for that is. So, like, children, we are now calling this Generation Alpha. That's now the name. That's terrible. Yeah, for the kids who are just turning 10. Don't care for it. Um... Here, it seems weird to do this to kids who are so young because they don't have any discernible traits yet. But uh, this is apparently what analysts believe that they're going to be. They're going to be the best educated generation ever, the most technologically immersed, the wealthiest, 
and the generation most likely to spend time with like divorced parents or it's weird living arrangements they'll also apparently be the most impatient generation because they'll be used to technology fulfilling their desires from a very early age Sounds like I'm reading a horoscope or something. Sounds like sounds like 100 rampant baseless speculation. It does. It seems rampant yeah, baseless I'm, I'm so speculation. Much I didn't even hear any of that. Boys, how are we gonna get somebody to click on the web today? We're all out of stuff to talk about. Well, how about this? Do you want to know? Uh, no. So the term is credited to some guy named Mark McCrindle. So Mark, thanks. I hate it. Uh, and it comes from an online survey that ran with a bunch of new monikers. So these are some. Gener- the onliners generation. How's that one for you? I've been online for 30 years. The technos. We've been listening to techno for 30 years. <laughs> and then Generation Surf. Like surfing the web, I suppose. We stopped I surfing the web in 99. <laughs> oh, man. How about the regeneration? Stop. Are you Potential so hope. <laughs> Generation Hope. Mm. There's Generation Hope? Is that Kaz? Yeah. Ge- yeah. I like Generation Y not. Oh, Kaz is an alpha. He's an alpha. Kaz Gen is alpha. Alpha. Oh, I thought it was 10 yeah. and over. No, no 10 I'm is the, the upper level. Oh, the upper level is the I'm cusp. so sorry, honey. Yeah. Generation Alpha. You raised an alpha. Oh, I did not. <laughs> I raised an individual. I like Generation Why Not. At least that's funny. That's kind of like, yeah. Why not? That's, that's not can... terrible. Yeah, you could do... I feel like you have to live through something. Before, before you get one of these terms, I find them. I find millennials to be kind of a weird label in the first place. Like I, I don't know. Well, you we lived up to your your thing. We haven't had any like defining no, moment that's happened yet. I feel no, like. they for sure didn't do any nine eleven. <laughs> oh, I guess <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, we literally turned over a new millennium. I don't that's know. true. I guess you're right. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll get to this week's interview with uh, returning guest Devin Mahoney, who when I talked to him on Sunday morning was very depressed that he was about to have to go watch the Sonic the Hedgehog movie with his kids. Oh, he didn't guy. seem all that excited about it. He was excited to go and be out with his boys, but Certainly. he was not yes. excited to have to take in Sonic the Hedgehog to do so. I told him that the Sonic movie has gotten relatively okay reviews, and that if you're going to have to sit through a kid's movie, it was probably all right, but uh, he, didn't, he seemed skeptical of I it. I want to so. know what he thought. Well, you can listen to the interview, so we right. talked a bit about it as we ah. start here. So enjoy our interview with uh, Devin Mahoney as we talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. We also talk about the return of $2 Tuesdays to the Uptown Theater. Uh, starting on March 3rd, they're going to show their first movie, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So here's our conversation with Devin Mahoney. We'll be back in just a moment. You're going to see Especially. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. I worked my way out of that one a couple days ago. Uh, I got asked to go see, but I was like, I got too much work to do. I'm too busy around the house. I'm really biting the bullet on this one. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever been less enthused about going to a movie that I'm, I'm going to go to see. I do mean, you do you have like no nostalgic connection to Sonic the Hedgehog? or I, I do. Like I, I loved... <laughs> like, I loved Sega Genesis even more than Nintendo when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, and but the just the the Sonic I, that I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's just I don't, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't like the fact that he's got like a a, a body and he talks. <laughs> I've been told that it's actually if it's like if you have to like constantly take your kids to see movies and you know it's that thing that you do. This one's pretty bearable. I've been told for adults, like in terms of like it's not offensively bad. It's not like uh, like the Emoji movie that came out a couple years ago. It's less a bad movie thing than like a creeped out by Sonic a little bit thing. <laughs> that it's John Ralphio from Parks and Recreation. Yeah, doing the and also I'm not a huge. F- yeah, yeah. So it's but yeah, I'm excited to see it. I'm, yeah, yeah. I went with an open mind. I think Jim Carrey's in it, isn't he? He is in it. I've heard, heard that the bad he, guy. I've heard that he is the best part of the movie. Right. He's well, like that. That I'm in for. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I have something we're going to do later that's going to talk about Jim Carrey, and I'm, I'm curious uh, when we get there. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the show, though. Thank Devin you. Mahoney, it's a pleasure, as always, to have you on. Uh, the head honcho. What's your official title down here at the Uptown? What do you What do you call yourself? Uh, Owner? Boss? Uh, chief Messmaker. Chief, <laughs> chief Messmaker. Yeah. Yeah, I make the biggest mess out of anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, your Twitter's are pretty active, so you're always out making messes on Twitter, I see. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> uh, one mess at a time, you know, is, what, is our motto at the Uptown. But no, it's it's uh, it's going good. I'm, I don't know. I don't know what I am. I, I saw you getting the retweet from Shay Serrano because yeah. he found out you <laughs> you were involved in Scrubs. That must have been a nice moment. <laughs> yeah. He was doing uh, He was doing uh, some book. I don't know. It's very, all very secretive. Yeah. Uh, and I, I threw in because it was Scrubs related, hmm. and uh, yeah, no, I tell everybody I've ever met that I wrote an episode of Scrubs. <laughs> so uh, I told him, yeah, and uh, yeah, so that was that was interesting to um, to have a uh, to have a run in with that guy who's a cool writer. Is it odd for you to have like attachment to this thing that you worked on that you have investment in that other people like? feel so strongly about something they really love and really like get the is that weird like to have people bring up like this show is important to me when you think of it from a different perspective it's really cool i get yeah. it though because it, it was my favorite show before i started yeah, working yeah. on it so mm-hmm. the whole thing kind of feels like some sort of yeah. fever dream that didn't even really happen yeah but um but i but what i did in response to that was post a, an eagle uh a, a, a gif from from an episode that yeah. uh I, that i wrote which was uh uh Turk and JD doing an eagle, yeah, yeah. which if you know the show is they, mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, but some some uh, somebody responded to that tweet that like their friend had like taught their kid every time they get out of the uh, car seat. Now they pick him up, and she goes eagle. <laughs> so he's like, so that show is it. So that that struck me that that kind of like uh, that kind of thing has an effect on people that that still plays out. Uh, is there like a what's like a show that you like fanboy out over? Like if you see. If you saw someone from like I don't know CSI or something, I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I'm trying to think of what I was watching right now. I got over the writers, right, right, right. like oh like this person wrote that show. But I was uh, I'm a big uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine fan. Mm-hmm. I would geek out over them. Did you watch Dirty Rock when it was on? Yeah. Okay, so ex- help me out here because I every time I read like some list of television shows or like the best television shows, Dirty Rock's always on the list there somewhere. I was like going through looking at like. Um, Emmy wins, and it's like, damn, 30 Rock won a ton of Emmys. Am I missing something? Like, what, did I, I didn't watch a ton of the show, I feel like... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that good. Like, it really, it, it just is. It's, um, 
It's abs- like you would love it. It's absurd. It's fast paced. Yeah. It it rewards you for watching because they call back really yeah, yeah. specific things and uh, it's very cartoony as well. What's like a what's another show you could sort of compare it to? This is a hard question to ask, I guess, because for someone like yeah. it, it was um, kind of kind of Scrubs. In fact, I think yeah. Tina Fey okay. used the I, I know she used the Scrubs pilot as the. Uh, template for how to because she was like i don't know how to write sitcoms yeah, yeah how many scenes you need of each kind of thing so I, I remember she sent them a basket of like uh of like cookies for like stealing the framework but um i think i, I don't know that's that, that's pretty hearsay. um but uh, uh I, i'm trying to think like um um it's it's not like uh it's not like parks and rec or the office and that you know that's kind of mockumentary ish yeah. But it it is kind of a world like that. Mm. It's it's almost like a, a live action uh, Family Guy in a way. There's Interesting. Lots of absurd like flashbacks, and you see mm. some of the ridiculous movies they've made. So you you flash, yeah, yeah. like so some. It's kind of really surreal in a way. Um, I, I appreciate a show that like goes out of its way to have like an internal universe, right? Like yes. um, we were talking about the Oscars not too long ago because uh, we were talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And one of the things I really liked about that movie is like the internal narrative that they built around the, the Leonardo DiCaprio character. Like, there's a whole story about him before he's in this movie, yes. and all the things that he was in. Yes. And then in the movie, they reference other things that he was in. But it's so interesting that like they went to that much detail to think about the backstory of every single person. That's very impressive to me. That's that's the stuff I like to watch. Where yeah. it's, you you get to find out more about. Are you an Oscars guy? Do you care about the Oscars? Not, Not really. really. Yeah. Did you watch any of the Oscar movies? No. Nothing. No Once Upon a Time. Oh, oh the movies. Yeah. I didn't watch any of the Oscars. Oh, I well, saw some of the much. Oscar movies. Yeah. In fact, I I, I watched most of them at home recently. But uh, I saw like I finally watched Parasite. That's on. And I and uh, I saw Jojo Rabbit and uh, 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 what was the other one I just watched? I forget. What else? What one? Let's see. Parasite uh, Joker. One. Parasite. Joker. I didn't like Joker. You didn't like Joker? No. I mean, no. I really want to see Parasite. Um, a lot of people are like down on subtitles, it seems like. I don't mind subtitles. It doesn't bother me. No, once you give it a minute, you're in. Yeah. Kind of. But no, it was uh, well worth well worth it. Yeah. Uh, watching the subtitles because it was a really cool movie. I was talking about Jojo Rabbit with a couple of my kids at school because uh, we're doing like a whole section on like World War Two and like Hitler Youth yeah. and stuff. So it's like, oh, by the way, there's a movie out. It's sort of like a comedy about this. Yeah. By the way, which is yeah, it was exciting to have a uh, Nazi comedy. Finally. <laughs> finally. Um, Since the producers, we've been laughing, touching a lot of Nazi comedies. And <laughs> no one's been buying lately, but this one for some reason. Uh, no, but it was good. It was a good. Uh, it felt like a Wes Anderson movie, mm. um, in a good way. He's got a new movie coming out too. I think. Does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it animated? No, I good. don't think so. I liked. You did, see, you and Parkinson both mad at me about liking Fantastic Mr. Fox. I no, liked I like that. But then he didn't. He did the Dogs one that was animated. Oh, Isle of Dogs, which, which I, I didn't, didn't love as much. I didn't see it. I just I want to watch a real movie from him. Oh yeah, with real. You know, no, this like, is a real movie with. Like I want to see Bill Murray. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so of course we have a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to the Uptown, uh, the Utica Uptown Theater for Creative Arts, all the stuff you guys are doing. Yeah. I always like butchered the title. Sorry about that. Um, I was driving actually this morning. I saw you guys. Are, what are you doing in the marquee out front? The rem- the marquee is currently being uh, rebuilt. The whole thing? Like t- uh, essentially, yeah. yeah. We had it. Uh, we got a donation to have it restored. 
when they started pulling it apart to do the the front signage, mm-hmm. they realized the roof was all leaking. So we, yeah. we paused uh, we paused the work and had roofers. We had to raise the money first, and thank mm-hmm. you to everyone that pitched in. We did a Giving Tuesday thing and raised the money to nice. fix the roof. Uh, so that took a while to do in the middle of winter. But now uh, Utica Signs are doing a great job. Finally, we're back at it. They're uh, replacing all the metal framework around the sign that was all rusted and, mm-hmm. and crumbling, up, crumbling apart, Putting uh, replacing the light ballasts and the lights with LEDs instead of the fluorescent bulbs and replacing all the um, white plexiglass and then mm-hmm. you know giving it a paint job. It's going to look super sharp, actually. Yeah. I always love the way that facade looked. I general. do, too, which is why we wanted to keep it the way it looked, you yeah. know, and it's still going to look the same, only it's going to look uh, a lot nicer and brand new. Yeah. So, uh, and, and run a lot more uh, efficiently, so... You guys were putting bands in the there on the fifteenth of February, weren't you? The, the live lobby. Yeah, there. it went really well. It yeah. was our third lobby live. We had three different bands in there, and uh, it was a great turnout. We had, uh, I would say, at least a hundred people mm-hmm. in there. The bands were all uh, super great. Uh, Twin Speak and and yeah, Sun Colored Chair and uh, Rialda and the Piss Annex. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're all great. Twin Speak was incredible. Love Twin Speak. <laughs> yeah, like I knew those guys from the Green Onion, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like, oh, you're the band, and they were fantastic. Well, that's always a nice thing too with guys like that. You can just sort of like go out and chat it up. Like yeah. you don't have to feel weird about talking to these people. Or yeah, here all the time, and they seem to do a lot of work here in this area. I mean, yeah, so. so it was great to see uh, to get a couple you know localish bands in there and. Um, uh, just give them a place to play, and and, uh, and we had a great time. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, uh, you guys also brought back two dollar Tuesdays. It seems yes, like they're coming back. March third yeah. uh, is the first one. We're opening up with uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a yep. second? Was that your call? Who who decided Monty Python and the Holy Grail? It, it was uh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna fall on that one. <laughs> there were a lot of things suggested. But it was so. Here's also the other thing that either creeps me out or is very serendipitous. Sure. Uh, just like I, Monty, I mean, it, it, uh, I mean, what can you say about it? But uh, Graham Chapman opened up his '88 comedy tour. Yeah. Uh, at the Uptown. Really. So yeah, in homage to that, I wanted to uh, awesome. play a Graham Chapman movie, and uh, we had been talking about. Uh, um, what movie to play and that one kept coming up and some other ones kept coming up and then we got an email from the company that uh licenses that movie and we were like and we're like hey do you guys notice we don't have any uh uh, we haven't done any business with you guys do you guys uh you guys want to show holy grail Mm. and we're like yeah actually so i'm like that's weirdly serendipitous (laughs) or like straight up like someone said a hot lead from listening on my phone (laughs) To this random licensing company, who just had with was the only one they mentioned, huh? Kind of creeped me out. They probably heard you talking about it from your cell phone. Yeah, I mean that's. Weird... I mean, I don't know. I don't know now if I'm crazy or if... no. It's the surveillance state. They, yeah, no, thinking... I, 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 I like. Not, I don't believe in coincidence to that degree. <laughs> I guess, but anyway, they worked. We, uh, we, we bought the movie license from them. Nice. So. This movie, March 3rd, this will be Tuesday at 6.30 is the opening. You guys are, uh, you open up the doors at 6.30. On, 6.30, yeah. uh, no, on the 3rd it's going to be uh, Doors at 7 for a 7.30 movie. 7.30. Okay. It's first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. It's We got about 45 seats in there. Nice. We built some risers so you can actually, you're going to be able to see the scene. Um, 150 inch screen, which is about 12 feet maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it's a, it's a, um, 
a cute little screening room in the that we we built in mm. the um, lobby there with the help of uh, the community foundation and the the Bull Family Fund, and um, so movies. And then we're also opening uh, up our first uh, season of original programming mm-hmm. with uh, our house improv teams and yeah. our sketch team and short form team, and and so we're going to be putting up some marquee shows and. So we're excited about that. Are you running all three Twitter accounts? Because you guys have the, U- uh, the UTCANY Twitter account. You guys have your personal Twitter account. And yes. then you have the Uptown Improv underscore CO. Yeah, that's all just me. I, <laughs> I don't leave my house. I just, I'm in my bath, I'm in my bathrobe, I'm in my bathtub or my bathrobe. Uh, we're both uh, just tweeting most of the day. But yes, that's mostly me. Uh, although we've had a, um, we had a, a, a friendly... Uh, mutiny at the theater where mm-hmm. a number of our um, uh, students and and you know most helpful uh, 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 people who have been chipping in around yeah. there uh, kind of had an uprising and all uh, an, uh, appointed themselves positions and have kind of <laughs> taken over uh, uh, the day to day operations mm-hmm. over there, which is awesome to to have seen the our kind of community of people uh, take on the responsibility of being like, hey, we could be do some, do, doing so much more if we were all chipping in a little bit more. Well, and it's nice now when uh, people want to go out of their way to do it. Yes. I mean, like I'm a terrible delegator, so if it was yes. up to me, I would never make anyone do anything. Well, that's the thing, and I wasn't doing that, yeah. and now they're shaping into de- in, uh, getting me into shape. But yeah. uh, but some really great people, um, you know. People have production experience, have pro, you know production management experience, yeah. who um, um, and kind of uh, coordinators for all our different uh, areas of stuff that we're doing. Mm. Uh, it's been really cool. So we're going to be uh, firing on more pistons now yeah. uh, going forward, which is cool. You guys still do the cage matches? I see on Twitter. Cage match uh, every uh, Thursday is a lot of fun. We put two improv teams up. They each get twenty minutes, and then mm. the the audience gets to vote on who did better. Winner gets to come back, and we kind of do it like that. I enjoyed that format a lot. It's fun. We're getting a lot better too. We're getting, we're getting a lot more people playing, and uh, we have um, Wednesday night open mic every Wednesday at eight. Uh, Stand up, and we're getting you know comics from all over New York, from Syracuse and Cortland and Albany. So uh, we had like twelve people up this week. Mm. I think two of them were new, so it's always nice to see new faces. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, we're gonna be adding new shows starting um, March third. Uh, that weekend, we have a we're going to start our uh, flagship show, uh, Uptown Saturday Night, mm-hmm. uh, with our house uh, improv team. We're gonna each week we're gonna have a special guest host come in. Sure, and uh, that's really smart. And it's gonna be a really cool thing. So we've got our first couple of hosts lined up, uh, and we're gonna be announcing that really soon. Nice, but uh, it's gonna be really fun. So uh, I encourage everybody to come check that out. Are you doing like scripted stuff here for the most part? Uh, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be unscripted. Uh, we will have a scripted sketch show, but the Saturday night show is gonna be improv. So we'll have a uh, a guest speaker come in, and they will uh, they'll get a suggestion uh, or an inspiration from the audience, and they're gonna they'll tell a story based on uh, kind of the live suggestion, and then our house team bus stop robot will do scenes based on uh, the, really cool. the monologist's take on uh, whatever the suggestion is. How'd you pick Oshis? Reach out to comedians. A uh, couple different people. Yeah. We've got we've got uh, some local uh, media folks coming in. A nice. couple different DJs. We've asked some different people at some local businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just uh, I, we haven't locked down dates, or I'd, I'd tell you who now. Uh, Beth Coombs is going to be one of the first ones. Absolutely. Uh, April fourteenth. One I of believe. our favorites. Yeah, and uh, so so we're really looking forward to that. And then we've got 
uh, two or three more for the next uh, month or two lined up mm. that are going to be a lot of fun. Nice. And uh, really yeah. cool. So it's going to be, so I encourage everybody to check those out. Come out, mm. uptownutica.org, uptownimprov.co. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll list it all goes to the same place. I know. <laughs> um, I, uh, I did notice too. You guys are really in on this uh, TikTok suddenly on your on your Twitter accounts. I'm seeing a lot of TikTok videos. I'm trying to learn TikTok. <laughs> it's just like the second time in three weeks I've talked about TikTok on this show with I, the guests. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, the, I hate the concept of the platform. Yeah. I love making the little uh, videos, and I don't think I'm doing it right. I'm not a good dancer. I'm not a dancer, but that's, I've been recording video pe- people dancing in the improv shows, yep. and then putting that to music. And I have no tolerance for actually filming stuff. I noticed this yesterday. I was like making sauce here. I went to the grocery store, and I was uh, came back with a ton of stuff, and I was making uh, chicken thighs and red sauce essentially. And I'm frying them up, and I was like, "Oh, you know what I'll do? I'll make a, I'll make an Instagram story about cooking up this chicken. People love food, so yeah. I just took a picture of me like frying up the chicken, and then I got caught up cooking for the next like two hours and didn't film anything else. I'm like, well, that's it. I didn't, I didn't show me do any other steps. I didn't go through the process. Now it's too late. I should just take a picture of like an empty bowl, but like done. <laughs> it's over. Uh, no, I, I have, I'm a little too self conscious for it. I think. Yeah, I don't like to point the camera at me. Yeah, the microphone is fine. I don't mind the microphone. Yeah. It's just sitting here on its own. But I, it's tough when I have to look at my own face. Yeah, I, I don't want to be yeah. in the social media. I'll, <laughs> I'll do it, and I hate it, and I spend more of my time doing it than I wish. But um, It's such a weird double-edged sword, though, because you do a good job of like interacting with people, making contacts with people and stuff. And it is important from a business aspect yeah. to have like that active social media platform. Right. I just feel like I lose the the luster for it when it's like the fifth thing in my priority list down things to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, so it comes in spurts. And yeah. It's like, oh, we should throw this on here. <laughs> and it's um, really just using it as another way to reach people. Cause uh, I mean, you know, as much as I hate Facebook, there's um, uh, probably not a better way to you know, reach a Facebook remains the most ubiquitous. Yeah. I like, mean, and, and uh, so we're doing all the other ones, but yeah, face they're, they're still uh, the number one thing. I haven't gone, I really haven't stayed off Facebook since the, the, the caucuses happened. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not ready to go on there and read all like my centrist relatives freaking out and all my other weird fringy Trump relatives freaking out. Like, I'm, I'm not looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I, I deactivated a week or two. Yeah. I'm back. You're back. I, I mean, but just for the <laughs> yeah. for the uptown yeah, stuff, yeah, exactly. you know, I'm trying not to read yeah. anything, but I I really don't even want to be on it. But um, but you know, it's cheaper than paying to be in the paper that no one's going to read. Or no, it's true, honestly. Um, and you can and you can tailor your sort of advertisement and your interaction in a way you couldn't otherwise. You can. Uh, yeah, I feel by and large we're reaching the people that yeah uh, we need to at least for the programming and the building is uh, a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, so before I let you go, I know you have you want to get to see the Sonic movies. I'm so excited to see Sonic and Ben Schwartz. <laughs> it's just they, I think they redid the Sonic, right? He's maybe less creepy now. So what happened was when the first trailer came out, everyone was horrified. It was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It is what it is, but it's it had like humany looking teeth. Yeah. Really, see, that's what's I'm responding no. to. So it, now it looks like it looks like Sonic the Hedgehog. It's just Sonic the Hedgehog. In regular world, hanging out with like James Marsden, I think is the the yeah. other guy here. I mean, good for James Marsden. I feel like he's always in movies that kind of fail, and this one is making a lot of money, so good for him. Good for him. <laughs> good I mean, for him. 
broken clock, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> Sonic just doesn't... So I read a really interesting point about video game movies. We talked about this last week. New video games, right? If you play, like, I don't know, Metal Gear Solid, right? Whatever. There's, that game's, like, 40 hours long. Yeah. So it'd be tough to turn that into a movie. You'd have to turn it into, like, a series if you wanted to make a, something based on it. there's so much story. Or you have right. to pick, like, the best hour of content and make a movie out of it or whatever. Right. But, like, old video games... You can tell a whole plot, like, in two sentences. Blue Hedgehog, you know, finds coins and beats up Bald Man. Like, yeah. that's the... That's the that's I think it. that's why they were better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had more of an arc to them just in, like, uh, like in eight hours. There's, like, a middle ground that you can find. There's got to be, like, a middle ground video game era that we're not tapping into. Uh, speaking of things that are coming out, I wanted to share this with you. I found a list before you came in here. And it was 12 rebooted movies that are coming out over the next few years. And I wanted Great. to see your interest on any of these okay. as I ran them by you. Yeah. Okay, so number one, they're talking about rebooting Ace Ventura Pet Detective, but without Jim Carrey. Like an updated Ace Ventura Pet Detective. That's fine. I, I, like, I, I, sure. <laughs> I feel like you have to find. It's really vital to find a guy. You gotta find a guy. Like you gotta find a guy. Otherwise, it's just like you know, like the well, a sequel. But uh, yeah, like a wash the washed down um, kind of like straight to video version. Um, yeah. That it becomes, but um, yeah, that's the a tricky of- one. Because it's, it's very specific to him. Yeah, right? Like, unless you have some specific actor you really like who has a vision for this character, I can't imagine it's like, oh, let's hire Chris Pratt. You're the new Ace Ventura. It's like, eh, yeah, really? it's just like somebody else doing the same shtick. That's what I mean. I, is, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That I might be down for. Uh, how about this one? Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Remake, Fuck yes. Starring Dwayne Johnson. Yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> Yes, this is what I live for. Yes, as long as Kurt Russell's in it. Oh yeah, I did. You watch the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Is yes. It, a lot of people don't like that movie. I like it because I get so much mileage out of Kurt Russell being Kurt Russell. Yeah, like any. <laughs> it's clearly the best part of the movie. <laughs> when we were um, that guy you were, we were talking about, the internet guy that Chase Serrano works for the yeah. Ringer. The Ringer does a podcast called The Rewatchables, and they basically go back and they like redo, like they like categories and they break down old movies. Uh, I would say that John Carpenter's The Thing, starring Kurt Russell, is the movie that I would want if I, they brought me on. Like, this is the movie I would need to talk about with everybody. I love Kurt Russell. I like Dwayne Johnson just fine too. I, we're I yeah wrestling stuff around the house, but that movie, that movie is so. Underrated. I mean, the 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 original still stands alone. I feel oh, like yeah. I've watched it recently. But, um, yeah, I watched The Rock do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, they already made the Charlie's Angels remake. Apparently it wasn't very good. Uh, how about The Craft? Remember The Craft? Uh, yeah, I, but I, like, <laughs> I had no attachment to it. So, I don't know if people would like that. I feel like you can get over, like, spooky teen movie now. It's I feel of, like somebody should popular. just write another witch movie. Like, why do we have to remake The Craft? It's a fair but point. Somebody, well, they, like, be creative and do your own take on the craft and then make that good. That's right. They want that name recognition, though. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> same one I as, get uh, it. Same one as The Fly. They'd like to remake The Fly. Uh, yes, but with Jeff Goldblum. Still Goldblum. Still Goldblum. So, yeah. <laughs> that movie um, screwed me up when I was a little kid. Yes. It did not. It's not cool. Is that Cronenberg? 
like David Cronenberg. It's all the weird body horror stuff. Yeah, I think you David might be right. Yeah. It's very unsettling. Kevin's uh, verifying that it is from Voice outside. Of God. Ah, yeah, it's that's the other one. Like the John Carpenter's the thing is very much body horror, but yeah. the Cronenberg stuff in that movie is brutal. <laughs> I, I really love that kind of stuff. Uh, would you like to see them remake Gremlins? They're talking about remaking Gremlins. I'm not pro this, by the way. <laughs> I love Gremlins. I, I actually just watched movies. Gremlins last night. Yeah, it's it's dope. I don't know. You didn't what? like it? No, it's fantastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but just make another Gremlins. So, I would like... Yeah, I think this is something I'd be interested in. Because uh, I was watching something about the first two Batman movies. The 89 Tim Burton Batman movies and Michael Keaton. I would like them to make a new Batman movie that is a continuation of those movies. Right. You get old Michael Keaton to play old Batman, but it's 40 years later. Like, I'm interested in that movie. Yeah, yeah. As as opposed to Robert Pattinson playing Batman in a new Batman movie, which is a real thing. Right. I don't know. I'd like more creative, like, stunt Or, yeah, or, like, expand the universe and, like, and and, uh, Gizmo isn't the only one that was in the Chinese shop. And it's, like, every different person that gets these, uh, that takes one of these things home. Who's the main guy in that movie? Uh, He was some 80s guy. It's, like, a nobody, right? It was, and then Cates is in it. He was, uh, he was in a couple things around then, but I couldn't tell you his name. It's not, uh, I always think it's Ralph Macho, but it's not. No. He's... I have a better opinion of, like, memory of him than not Ralph Macchio. Oh, no, I just watched, uh, I've been watching Cobra Kai. We're in the Cobra Kai show. Oh, the Cobra yeah. Kai show is dope. Yeah. Uh, all right. Sister Act. They want to remake Sister Act. You're interested in it. Only with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, again. Re- <laughs> like, Whoopi, like, again, like, Whoopi Goldberg. Otherwise, write another non-movie. Uh, and then Beetlejuice, I guess. They want, I don't know, I think you'd have to bring... Keaton back, I feel like, if you were doing a new Beetlejuice no, movie. No, I think stay the fuck away from Beetlejuice. No! <laughs> Beetlejuice is Beetlejuice, man. You're not gonna do better or worse than that. Yeah. You could do worse than that. You could do worse than Keaton. I mean, I, I was just, they were just listening to a podcast that was talking about uh, Birdman and like the, and Michael Keaton last time he was up for an Oscar. I want Keaton to do something where he wins an award. I don't know why. Like, I, listen, man, I don't want to see that movie remade, but if it's Beetlejuice and some other recently dead family and it's Keaton, yeah. I'm all in. I'm, yeah, again, if you bring back the narrative, if it's an extension of the ones that exist, I don't need you to reboot yeah. Beetlejuice with a different cast. Yeah, right? I, yeah, I don't want to see that story just told again. I want to see the same like floaty chair scene. Um, we'll probably talk about the podcast they're redoing the Mighty Ducks as well as a Disney Plus series but the twist is the Mighty Ducks are the bad guys now they've been so successful that they've turned into the bad guys essentially from the first Mighty Ducks so they pulled the Cobra Kai move yes it is very much Cobra Kai-esque yeah we're gonna feel like we're gonna see a lot of that now I thought uh, Cobra Kai is one of those things that is I've said it to you a couple times on the show it's so much better than it has any reason to be like yeah. it doesn't need to be as well yeah. thought out the, and the teen drama stuff is a little bit you know right. they're trying to be everything to everybody and the teen drama stuff feels weird and especially in a show where it's a little more you know some of the stuff gets pretty you know dark yeah but it's a it's a really clever I, show uh, super I clever. really liked the take when I first saw it saw it my sister has a weird crush on William Zabka so she was she I was, kinda do too <laughs> I didn't know he was a, like an okay actor I never saw him in anything else either He's not um, a great actor. <laughs> he, uh, I'm glad that he has uh, a second life now. <laughs> uh, so again, folks, nothing ever works out for those handsome no. blonde guys. They need a 
second you giant catch second and run. Uh, uh, UptownUtica.org, U-T-C-A-N-Y.org. Check out all the stuff we've been talking about. I'll link everything as well when we yeah, uh, finish up Yeah, it's all here. there. Come play with us. Come watch some shows. Uh, before we'll I let you go, yeah. can I do some lightning round questions with you? Yes. I love it. I came up with some new lightning round questions all for right. you. Um, first, real quick, though, we'll do a, we'll steal something from another podcast. Do a little parent corner. You have two sons now? Yeah. How old are your kids now? Five and eight. Five and eight. So they're excited for this Sonic movie. Are they in on video games otherwise? You forced yeah. to like deal with video games in your house otherwise? They play... Oscar has a Nintendo Switch and yep. he plays like Fortnite. The Switch is insane how much... Like my, my nephew's like uh, 12 and he's still like that Switch is the... That's the one. People love it. Um, um, yeah. So he does that. He's got a couple games but like... He's, like I don't want to sell him out. He says he's a gamer. He says he's a gamer. Like, he likes, I like gaming. Have they showed any inklings at this age that they're interested in like the creative stuff that you do, like the improv thing or the acting stuff? Yeah, or, man. They uh, cool. like they both draw that's really like cool. uh, incessantly. Uh, Milo's just getting good now. Oscar is like, we took him to Munson Williams for art classes, and I'm sure. like, he's above his age mm-hmm. range. Like, so we actually just signed him up for like a, like adult kid classes. And uh, so they're always drawing. Oscar took the um, kids' acting class we did at the Uptown, nice. like by choice, and really liked it. So it's cool to see them doing that kind of stuff. I just remember because when I was, you know, growing up, my sister was about ten years ish older than me. I hate to bl- put it on blast like that, um, <laughs> but uh, I remember watching her do musicals, like at either college and different places, and like it just whatever it was, like I just saw it and it clicked. Yeah. Like I was like, whatever this is, yeah. I like it, and I want to be a part of it. I want to be around this, like, and I just knew. And I, I wonder when that sort of hits. It's really cool. Like they, uh, uh, they memorize jokes in a way I can't. But like, <laughs> yeah. like they were telling, they were getting up to microphones and telling kind of like joke cadence, like saying things in joke cadence yeah. even before they. But now they're like, uh, they're just always telling jokes, and uh, um, yeah, it's funny to them to see like. Uh, make associations mm. like Oscar was like this guy was on Saturday Night Live <laughs> like trying to impress me and uh, but yeah and, like hear them talking about how we teach comedy and that's, cool. that's something we do is, is cool to see them cognizant of it now well because you, you you know it's it's not one of those you never want to push your kids to do anything they don't yeah. want to do but it's nice when they if they naturally sort of come around to what you like to do because it they just see you being so excited about it or something. yeah yeah so that's been cool and and, uh, awesome. and they're into everything too you know he's he knows more dinosaur names than I know. I, you know Pizza I, toppings. Or, uh, but, uh, we'd have a great conversation yeah. about that, him and I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's do these lightning round questions. These are not the same six questions we ask everybody every week. Uh, Devin, what's one possession you own that you could never get rid of? Oh. Um, hmm. I can give you a minute. You want to come back to this one? <laughs> yeah, oh, you're gonna have to cut this out. I uh, my laptop. I think I would say right now. Right now, yeah. As far as a possession, is everything runs through it at the moment? I, like everything I have yeah. is on there. Like all my ideas. Like and you keep like a hard drive, you like stuff. You got like content is written down. I just like I just have shit everywhere. <laughs> like on my desktop and in notes and e- emails and in the cloud. Like I don't know. It's. Uh, but like all my yeah access some oh, I guess I could but yeah my laptop my I don't know are you not like just you have like no like old timey possessions you've kept with you are you not like a hoarder like I am or just keep I, no I have or, yeah. way too much shit 
But like, if you took any of it away from me, I'd be like, eh. Like, there's no, like, I, I shouldn't have as much stuff as I do. Like, like my wedding ring is probably the most yeah, meaningful yeah. thing I have. Strong. Um, Shout but, uh, but yeah, I don't like my jeans at any given time. Mm. Like, I only have one or two pair in rotation, <laughs> yeah, and just like, God forbid, my jeans. Are yeah, most stuff I can. Like, I like my house. Uh, those are all good. I mean, I. You, you don't have to win the category. It's okay. No, but it's, I don't have anything good. Uh, now I feel empty. Who is your favorite uh, fictional villain? Your favorite oh. fictional villain? Um, who's a good villain? Uh, I, I like uh, I like the Riddler. <laughs> the Riddler. Yeah. Like, not the Jim Carrey version, like the comic book version? No, the comic version. <laughs> or the TV version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I just like a guy who's, who's like, just tries to befuddle you. <laughs> yeah, he like, fucks like, with you he's while like, he's... He's like a low-key supervillain. He's yeah. just a jerk. Like, so, Batman, who... Really, I, I, yeah. What has three eyes and two legs and... Walks on four feet. You're like, yeah, like he gives you, like he gives you a chance to get him too, which I like. Yeah, he's he's sporting. He's a sporting villain. Yeah, and I I don't think he really does anything that bad ever. I got called out when uh, we did these question this question with the the Kevin and Heather because I had said Quint from Jaws and I was told he's not the villain of Jaws. The shark is the villain of Jaws. Quint's just a he's a complex character, uh, but I have come around on a new choice. Which is Skeletor from He Man. Oh, I think he's Ske- a good one. Yeah, he's really just good. Just love the boy. Oh, you know who else I really like is I'll, I'll tell you my favorite villain is Starscream from from Transformers. Um, from Transformers. Yes, yes. Because he is such an asshole. <laughs> like he'll tell Megatron to his face, like Megatron, at any chance I can, I will overthrow you. Follow me, Decepticons, and he'd be like, "Shut up, Starscream." He's like, "Okay, next time." He's open, always in open revolt. I like that uh, we both just picked villains with iconic voices. Just yeah, because like, you He Man, yeah. they're always high, sort of goofy voice because they're such assholes <laughs> but yeah he would tell you to your face he was going to stab you in the back like, yeah okay he's totally there as soon as you fall I'm digging this all over <laughs> uh, give me your dream Jeopardy category if you were on Jeopardy what category pops up on screen that you're like boom I got this oh um oh uh like uh things my kids won't eat <laughs> <laughs> troublesome children's food. Just like, I, I can I can tell you what they won't eat, but I can't tell you what they will eat. <laughs> uh, give me uh, one band from the past, present, or future. I guess not from the future. You wouldn't know them. Uh, that you would like to join. That you would like to be a part of. Oh, they'd like to be a part of? Yeah. I'm trying to think if I would want to be in like a shitty band, <laughs> like a crummy, just a party, like band. just yeah, like a party band, like Spinal Tap or something. Yeah, like I was gonna say Spinal Tap, but that's too pretentious. Like I have no business being in, uh, like, but um, uh, I like to be in. Um, I feel like the answer is like an '80s metal band. Yeah, that's like what a I'm Guns S- and Roses type situation. Circling like a white snake. right now. <laughs> Um, oh no, the Beastie Boys. If I could really oh, yeah, be yeah. anything, I would be one of the Beastie Boys. Uh, yeah, I've always said if I was a professional wrestler, that "Sabotage" for the Beastie Boys would be my entrance song. Like if I was coming out to the ring, that'd yeah. be the song that you would play. I really want to be Rick Rubin. You just want to be. Like, Rick I really Rubin. just yeah, like yeah, wish yeah. I could be Rick Rubin and sit around and meditate all day uh, in a white room, yeah. and then give uh, Jay Z notes on his new record. <laughs> yeah, Jay Z. Here's what I think about this. Too uh, much. 
Strip it down. And last but not least, give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Book, album, movie, or television show. Movie, or television show. I don't have any good ones. Um, <laughs> book. I'm reading a book. Yeah, that's not. No one cares about that. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading uh, uh, the funniest. Uh, the funniest one in the room. The 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 life of Del Close, who is mm. the guy that. Invented improv. Yeah, yeah, I saw you talking uh, about that. It's a nerd book. Yeah. Um, but uh, movie, we just finished watching The Good Place, which I always recommend. The fourth season? The, like, the whole the, thing? The, the whole thing just wrapped up. Don't spoil it for I, me. I won't, no, it was, but it was really, uh, that was really great. And uh, what else did we watch? What We Do in the Shadows. I'll give a, oh, a yeah. shout out to if yeah, you haven't yeah, seen yeah. that. It's Taika Waititi's thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I like. Uh, I love the movie and the series is, is really funny too. He's a really interesting guy. Like I think he's, I like almost everything he does. I like that like he's having success now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a, a really good guy. Uh, uh, creative person. Uh, Devin, I want to thank you so much for taking some time here yeah. on a Sunday morning. I appreciate you coming in. Yeah, uh, check anytime. Out, check out everything that's going on uh, at the Uptown Theater for Creative Arts, uh, utcany.org, or just uptownutica.org. I'll link all the Twitter and Facebook stuff afterwards. Devin, go enjoy Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, Let me I, know. I will do my best. Uh, and I'm not joking. I swear to God, I'm not joking. I've heard there's an after credit scene, so if your kids ask, right, I'll stick you have to go sit till the end because there's an after credit scene that I won't spoil here on the air. For All right, good to know. All right, we'll be back to the show in just a moment, folks. Pony, appreciate you. Hope that Sonic was bearable. Uh, go to utcany.org or uptownutica.org for more information about upcoming $2 Tuesdays, which is March 3rd. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is the first movie. One of the things I thought was cool, and I know he didn't get a chance to mention it in the interview, but we had talked about it afterwards. He was like, oh, I should have said, and he was talking about some other ones coming up, mm-hmm. is although they're starting out with Monty Python for the $2 Tuesdays, it's not going to be just all old movies. That is correct. Like, the next one they're doing is, like, Knives Out, which was just in theaters, like, two yeah. months ago. Uncut Gems, that new Adam Sandler movie. Right. Yeah. It was for Oscar season. So, you're going to be getting a lot of those. Uh, that seems like this would be the place to go for a lot of more independent A24-style cool. films mm-hmm. that aren't going to play at the marquee. So, it's not just, like, old movies and stuff like that, which yeah. is what I was... Would still be cool, but, you know, it gets me even more excited to know to give me an opportunity to go see... Like Uncut Gems or Knives Out or something. Yeah. I'm very interested in going to see Knives Out for sure. Mm-hmm. I've seen Monty Python many times, and i got to be honest, next week I have so much cool work to do. I'm so stressed out about it. I'm like breaking out. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to returning $2 Tuesdays. It's a really good idea. I'm glad they're doing it's it. That's awesome. Uh, all right. You guys are, oh, well, before I get into this week's history lesson, did you guys have any concept for Monty Python? Did you guys like Monty Python and the Holy Grail? It's like a dad movie, I feel like. Like, my stepdad I never it. watched it. You never watched it? No, I should go to watch it because I've never seen it. Can you have any thoughts on Monty Python? Um, it's fine. When I was a kid, this movie, I thought this was like I'm a... good. Yeah, I thought this was like a transcendent movie when I was a kid. Mm, it's yeah. been a really... I think it's one of those... A lot movies. of kids did. It was yeah. one of those movies. Yeah, I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't know if I feel that way about this particular movie now. I've seen it a million times, so that it kind of doesn't hit the same way. But I have went back and watched some of the Monty Python stuff. It's a particular style of well, that's humor. All, just like anything else, too, you gotta give some credence to the time when it came out yes. and existed. Part of the reason that Monty, Monty Python probably doesn't hit as hard now is because it's all been overworked. And you've seen it in a hundred other places now. Yes. And you know every beat and every joke and everybody who's ever ripped it off, everybody who's ever grown from it, you know what I mean? Mm. But when yeah. it came out, it was some wild stuff. Yeah. All right, let's get into this week's history lessons. Uh, I'll try and go through quick. There's a lot of highlights, though. I, I know, the at. whole thing. You're like, don't highlight anymore. <laughs> silly. It helps for my pacing. Highlight um, you're not going to read. <laughs> on this day, 1942. 19- does it help your pacing? It I does. Know. I mean, 1942. Uh, the Battle of Los Angeles was a rumored attack by the Japanese and subsequent anti-aircraft artillery barrages, which took place on uh, February 24th to February 25th in Los Angeles, California in 1942. Mm-hmm. Incident occurred less than three months after the U.S. had entered World War II in response to the surprise attack on, World, on Pearl Harbor. Initially, the target of the aerial barrage was thought to be an attacking force from Japan. But speaking at a press conference shortly thereafter, Secretary of the Navy called the incident a false alarm. Uh, while documenting the, inc- uh, the incident, the U.S. Coast, uh, Coast Artillery Association identified it as a meteorological balloon that set up at 1 a.m. that started all the shooting and concluded that once firing started, imaginations created all kinds of targets in the sky and everybody joined in. Uh, this is most famous, though, because people initially believed in 1942 that this was a UFO conspiracy theory. Plenty of folks still believe that. Yeah, as evidence of extraterrestrial visitation. Uh, they assess that the photo clearly shows searchlights uh, focusing on an alien spaceship. However, the photo has been heavily modified by photo retouching prior to publication, a routine practice in graphic arts at the time intended to improve contrast in black and white photos. This is the basis for the film Battle uh, Semicolon Los Angeles, which is a movie that does exist. Uh, my peg for this story is, did you know that in 2019, last year, uh, there were nearly 6,000 UFO sightings in North America alone mm-hmm. last year. 6,000 sightings. Mm-hmm. In the world of social media, in the world of everyone having cameras and cell phones and all this stuff on them all the time, does that number seem low or high to you? Uh, uh, I, How many did you 6,000 over the course of a year. I thought it seemed high, but then the more I think about it, everyone's got phones on them all the time and everyone's looking for something to like post on the internet. Surprise, there's not more claims of people seeing aliens nowadays. Well, it's tough because you got to actually get something on your phone there yeah, to, so to it's, report. Yeah, so it's quickly. So if it's something going That's by, true. like, well, like your phone, like, yeah, like, dri- But I mean, like, in today's day and age, you would think that there would be more compelling video evidence because everybody's yes. got a camera. You know what I mean? Right. You think the footage that was out there would be more legitimate. You would think there would you would same. think there would be more of it. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. even see a ton yeah. of it really. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you're right. I think the more com- I mean the more compelling case to be made if you're going to uh, go in the alien direction is a lot of the weird declassified uh, Pentagon stuff. Oh sure. There's some weird stuff going on there whether it's just like, you know, technology that we don't talk about yet mm-hmm. or like whatever it might be. I think that's probably the avenue instead of like, oh, here's this video. Mm. You know, until until somebody shows something truly compelling, and I, you see some weird videos, but 
if they were as commonplace as people make a sound, you would think we'd have like just regular plain Jane plain as day video. I do feel like even if there was like a pretty convincing video, a lot of people still wouldn't believe. Like if someone actually got like real good, like if UFO I've, landed in front of our house, we went outside and filmed it on our phone and sent it to somebody, people be like, "This is fake." I think it was fake. You think it was it. fake? I like, wouldn't believe any of it. Like, I guess you'd you'd have to physically like get into the hell like, the, the thing. You mean I don't know how, what you'd actually have to do. People like, this is it. This I is a the, comprehensive like, proof. You gotta go live. Yeah. Gotta go live. You gotta go live. <laughs> I'm live here from... Yeah, yeah. No edit. <laughs> the live no Instagram. Edit. I'm um, from Sam's house. You know, I tried to do that this week. I tried to do an Instagram story when I was making sauce. And oh, then I lost my ability to do step-by-step stuff. Like, once I started cooking the chicken, I was like, hey, I'll take a picture and put it on Instagram. And then once I started pouring stuff in and putting all the, the other stuff mm-hmm. in and preparing the sauce, mm-hmm. I totally lost my train of thought for, like, taking any photos of it. And then it was just done. I'm like, well, that's not a story. Don't you wonder how people do that, though? How do they, like, It's got to take off. I can't do that. I a lot of pacing. Uh, yeah, so if you have any live footage of your aliens that you've found, show it to us or put it on the internet. Prove that, prove us wrong. Uh, shout out to the Third Rage Against the Machine album, also called Battle of Los Angeles. Yes. Sick album. It's Sick very band. good. Are you going to see them? I am. Oh. I am indeed. I am indeed. I don't want to say it out loud, but uh, I, I didn't know about it until Pete Forgets let me know that they were getting together. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to Pete for giving me the heads up on mm-hmm. it. But uh, yeah, we've got a returning West Coast hero. Uh, we'll be coming back for that one. Chris Mandry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Coming back from the West out there, the real battle of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, getting Chris Mandry back to the East Coast. That's the real battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this day, 1949, uh, actor Robert Mitchum is released from Los Angeles prison two months uh, for a two-month sentence for marijuana possession. Uh, Robert Mitchum is an American actor, director, composer, and singer. He rose to prominence for several roles in several classic film noirs. Uh, his best-known films include Out of the Past, uh, Night of the Hunter, Cape Fear, El Dorado. He was nominated for an Academy Award for the movie The Story of G.I. Joe in 1945. He is rated number 23 on AFI's list of the greatest male stars of classic American cinema. Uh, this is a weird story, though. On September 1st, 1948, after a string of successful films... Mitchum and actress Lilia Leeds were arrested for possession of marijuana. Uh, the arrest was the result of a sting operation designed to capture other Hollywood partiers as well, but Mitchum and Leeds did not receive the tip-off as opposed to some of their other friends. Uh, after serving a week in county jail, he described this experience as being, quote, like Palm Springs but without the riffraff, unquote, which is hilarious. Uh, Mitchum spent 43 days uh, at a prison farm where photographers were allowed to take photos of him mopping up in his prison uniform. Uh, the arrest inspired the exploitation film She Should Have Said No in 1949, which starred Lily Le- uh, Lila Leeds, who got arrested with Robert Mitchum. So it's all a big circle. Uh, the conviction was later overturned, and the district attorney's office uh, said it was exposed because it was a setup. So they actually got off for this. Uh, because of this, though, because of his legal troubles, uh, most of his films immediately after the arrest were box office hits. Um, he did a movie called... Rachel and the Stranger, which is a big hit, and then The Red Pony. He also appeared as a uh, back in film noir uh, novels. Uh, sorry, movies going forward. I'm a big Robert Mitchum fan. Uh, I just thought this was kind of a cool story. Mm. Uh, I also found a list on here of the forty. I won't go through all of them. Forty. The forty. Forty. The forty most successful stoners of all time. I'll just blast through the list real quick. See what you guys think. Barack Obama, Jay Z, Bill Maher. Bill Gates, George Clooney, Lady Gaga. A.K.A. everybody. Everybody. Steve Jobs, everybody. Carl Sagan. Everybody. Uh, everybody. Well, they're, 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 they're no, not like a... the most successful. Oh. George Washington. Not the most stoned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bob Marley, Willie Nelson, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, 
David Letterman. Uh, and then Morgan Freeman. What's funny about this list is they have like quotes afterwards. So it'll be like, you know, be like, you know, David Letterman. I went through one period where I, where I smoked a surprisingly really breathtaking amount of grass almost every night, unquote. But I like the Morgan Freeman one. She's like, never give up the ganja. That's the real quote. He's a very... I'm saying that. <laughs> I never gave up the ganja. Never once. Andy Dufresne was a good man. Uh, Martha Stewart, Hugh Hefner, Miley Cyrus. That's halfway through the list. There's Snoop Dogg, number 20 for you. So there you go. Robert Mitchum joins the distinguished list. Nobody should ever go to jail for marijuana. No. Ever. No, it seems really strange. You might, you might be able to talk me into something. You know, some wild, like, trafficking and distributing... Mm-hmm. But more of that should be almost like financial crimes. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, the sad part is that the people who are in there or were in there for like decades. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, still are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sad. Yeah, it's full of folks who, mm-hmm. like, you know, you get arrested like some weed people going to jail for years. Yeah. It's just absolutely not. Mm-hmm. All right, on this day, 1964, uh, Cassius Clay becomes the champion of the world, defeating Sonny Liston for the World Heavyweight uh, Championship. We won't talk much about Ali here. Mostly going to talk about Sonny Liston. Uh, so Sonny Liston was the heavyweight champion of the world. He was a 7-1 to one favorite against Ali. And when he lost, uh, people assumed that this fight was fixed. They assumed that he'd thrown the fight because Sonny Liston had sort of associations with the mafia. Uh, in truth, during this first fight, he'd quit because of a shoulder injury, uh, and the speculation was severe enough to actually prevent him from continuing. Uh, although this is discredited in Muhammad Ali's uh, in a book, Muhammad Ali, King of the World and Rise of an American Hero, which said that Liston, uh, his shoulder injury was BS. He could have returned to the bout, but he didn't want to risk the chance of making money in a rematch. Uh, allegations of the fix were soon set up after the fight. Documents were released in 2004 under the Freedom of Information Act that showed the FBI suspected that the fight had been fixed by Aish uh, Resnick, a Los Angeles figure tied to organized crime. Uh, Sonny Liston, another really interesting story. This guy died of a heroin overdose, theoretically, but he's also been claimed to have been murdered. Uh, because the mob never paid him for throwing a second fight he had against Muhammad Ali, and then the mob might have killed him. Another weird conspiracy story, Sonny Liston, one of the forgotten boxing stories. People said he was one of the most hard-hitting fighters of all time, though. You ever heard of Sonny Liston before this, Heather? No. Sonny, <laughs> Sonny Liston, not a super famous boxer. Mm-hmm. Can we watch boxing this weekend? What did you think of the boxing we watched this weekend? Oh boy, it was on. Um, it was alright. I thought the main event was pretty entertaining, for the most part. It was fine. That Tyson Fury is a big guy. Heather, the guy was six foot nine, two hundred and seventy three oh, pounds. Jesus. I feel like that's the last person I'd ever want to get oh. in a fist fight with. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, Heather, pick a year, two thousand eight or two thousand eighteen. I'll do one or the other. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. So what you missed was two thousand eighteen. Barbara Streisand. So we'll go with two thousand and eight, uh, which is on this day, Cuban leader Fidel Castro. Uh, turned over Cuba, which he had ruled for nearly five decades, handing off power to his younger brother Raul in 2008. Castro, who identified as a Marxist or Leninist, uh, his regime was successful in reducing literacy, stamping out racism, and improving public health care, but was widely criticized for stifling, uh, stifling economic and political freedoms. Uh, Cuba had always had a highly antagonistic relationship with the United States, most notably resulting in the Bay of Pigs invasion and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, after taking power, Castro abolished legal discrimination, brought electricity to the countryside, provided full employment, uh, built new schools and medical facilities, but he also closed down opposition newspapers, jailed thousands of political opponents, and made no move toward fair elections. He also limited the amount of land people could own and abolished uh, private business. Uh, 
Because of this, hundreds and thousands of Cubans, including vast numbers of professionals and technicians, left Cuba often for the United States. It wasn't until 2015 that the U.S. and Cuba announced that they had agreed to terms to normalize the relationships between the two nations, with mutual embassies and diplomatic missions opening in each country. Uh, Castor himself died on November 25th, 2016. I thought this was really interesting, though. In Cuba right now, it is prohibited from naming any institutions, streets, parts, uh, parks, public statues, busts, or any tributes for Castro uh, because they're afraid that it will build his cult of personality even in death. I mean, I'm not surprised it makes sense, but it, it feels like he's such an important figure in the history of the country that somewhere they would have like a Castro museum or something. I guess not. I mean, they don't have a Hitler museum in Germany. No, I guess pretty important dude in their history. They have a Stalin museum in Russia. I just say, I guess, yeah, it just, it seems odd to me that, I mean, it makes sense. I'm not naive to why you would do it. It just, it seems weird that I'd never heard that before, that there's no, like, I don't know, no statue. Like, at least a street. Yeah, something. I just, I I don't know. Everyone gets a street name. Uh, All right. So let's get into uh, just a couple quick stories before we close out today. Kevin, you brought this story to my attention earlier this Mm -hmm. week. Uh, Herkimer, commu- yeah, Herkimer Community yeah, Herkimer Community College. It's because it's his kind of story. Oh, soccer! <laughs> I no. saw something on the call. This is for Sam. Okay. Uh, earlier this week, Herkimer Community College announced that it will be bringing competitive video game playing to their campus in fall of 2020. And an esports team. That's right. The ah. soft launch of their official esports athletics program. Um, they're basically saying that there are 15 states already that now recognize eSport as a high school varsity sport, which is very strange to me. Uh, similarly, the number of schools with eSports teams participating in the High School eSports League, which is a horrifying combination of words. They put them together for me. Uh, grew from 200 to more than 1,200 in over a span of five years. Um, I mean, I don't really have any hot takes about this. It just see, I don't, I never could understand how you distinguish yourself as being good enough at video games to be a professional video game player. Be the other people. You're good. Yeah, you beat everybody. A lot of it is because I don't play. Same question you got for the Olympians. Yeah, it's the same question. You can can go on a Q and A. I well, I went and looked up a list of the most popular esports titles. Yes, you should ask. The panel of Olympians. <laughs> the Do you guys feel obsolete now yeah. that esports? Yeah, now that esports are recognized. Have come in, now that people can just play winter games on their Xbox, do you ever worry that you're you're losing? No. Do you ever get weirded out that it's the same thing? That I can play Olympics <laughs> on my PS4. <laughs> or, or the people can just be you. It are basically the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> pardon me. So these were the uh, the highest grossing, like highest award winning esports games that are out there right now and I think this is what I'm talking about they're games I've never heard of mm-hmm. stop me if I've heard of any of these Dota 2 yeah of course oh that's your game no no I don't play, I don't play nothing yeah. <laughs> Counter-Strike Fortnite people love Counter-Strike people love Fortnite. Fortnite League of Legends League. Starcraft 2 yeah. I went down this list I didn't find a game that I had any right to even pretend that I was good at until list number 26, which is FIFA yeah. 2019. Oh. The kids, this is Generation Alpha. Oh my god, these Generation <laughs> yeah, Alpha terrible. kids, man. Uh, I, I guess I just... It's the same thing I have with NASCAR. I'm not saying that driving a NASCAR isn't a sport. It takes a lot of skill to drive a car Fair going ball. 200 miles an hour. <laughs> Does it take... Like, I don't know how much skill it takes to be the best Fortnite player in the world, but it's more skill than I have. So, <laughs> you know, I guess good for you. Uh, it just seems like a weird thing. I guess it's really more to draw kids into your school more than anything else. It's not it's like a waste to... of time for kids. I suppose. I mean, 
I, I'm of both. I'm of two worlds on that, right? Like I, I, I like video games. Is chess club a waste of time. No. Is drama club a waste of time? Absolutely no. not. How dare Debate you? club. No. No, but no one does Golf. debate club anymore. But you, but I think when you're sitting in front of a television, you're not more apt to, or in front of a screen to go do something. They don't rock climb when they play chess. <laughs> no, but they I, sit right in the chair. <laughs> yeah, but I bet also, they play chess. They're still playing video games too. Chess is the closest of those three that you could make an argument to me about. Debate teaches you an actual life skill for like going out into the world and like being able to hold your own and have a discussion. Sure. And any sort of outdoor sport is a physical activity. I get that. And yeah, and that that's why games, I very specifically didn't name the video games are hours. Sports. Like you're on there for hours. Debate is like, like I just an don't hour know. like you go to or something like that. Or um, chess is something you go to. But these kids that sit in front of their TV for hours, nights, some don't even eat. They probably, like, they're probably play chess with their home too, right? If they're in no. the competitive chess. Do right, you think competitive chess players only play at the meets? No, but I don't think I don't. I think it's different when you're stuck in front of a television or in front of a screen. I would have. That become, it becomes a question. Though. I guess my question is just, is that just an ingrained prejudice we have? Because I get it. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate with it a little bit. No, I'm okay with it's that. It's weird to me and I don't play video games, but... Um, is that just a weird prejudice we have because it's on a screen as opposed no, to chess, which I, is something you touch? I think that kids have become kind of lazy, so and that they're just playing video games and they're not. I don't know. They're just not getting out more and they're in front of the screen more than they are. Sure, yeah, getting out. I so, hear that. but a debate yeah. or something like that. I think that's just different. I feel like the kids who are doing the best in an esports league are not the kid that we're ever going to go out and join the football team anyway. True. And so I feel like if there's a way to make those kids who are traditionally loners who spend time in the room feel more included and give them something they can compete towards and be recognized for and feel like they're more a part of the community. I think a fake community. that's better. No, I mean the school community. They're yeah. bringing them oh, in. Yeah. That's a real thing. They'll be recognized at graduation or whatever it is the same way. They're recognized as kids. Being, hey, if this is what you guys do, this is competitive. Let's bring you in and make you feel a part of the community as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And recognize people besides just varsity football. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it's a positive for the people. Yes, I just think about it from like a parent standpoint. Now I don't have kids. That's right. Like, if now. if one sure. of my kids came up to me and was like, "Yo, yes. Mr. Sam, I didn't finish this homework assignment because I spent eight hours playing Fortnite for the Fortnite tournament this weekend," that would be inexcusable. I would be absolutely livid, even yeah. if he's the best Fortnite player in the world, right? Well, that's and that's not. And that's not different than if some kid came up and was like, "Hey, you know, we got the big game this weekend, so I didn't it is do my for homework. some people." It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah. But it is for a lot of people. Sure. Like you, athletes have always gotten a bit of a a little bit more leverage in school settings than, like, non-athletes yeah, yeah. because they're playing in the big game. Yeah. Now, I guess the other thing is, like, East, like football games have always been more important than a lot of the sports at schools because they bring money into the schools, sure. right? Now, if the eSports thing is a big popular thing and it brings money into the high schools, I can see that being more of a thing, too, yeah. right? Uh, I'll say this. I've watched some, like, eSports stuff on TV. It's popped up here and there on, like, weirdly on, like, Fox and ABC sometimes. It's... It's tough to watch. It's yeah. not. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. it's definitely not for me. I think I think one of my biggest things with it is really just like the kids aren't going to play less video games. No. Like going forward, mm -hmm. as we further integrate technology and we've got screens in every direction of our home, we're putting robots in our houses. Mm -hmm. Technology's not going anywhere, and so kids aren't going to play less games. So you might as well try to find a way to reach out to them and try to evolve with them mm -hmm. and get them 
and involved them in the community and maybe getting into something that young and making that different or friend no. makes them go try something. <laughs> or no, <laughs> you have them go outside and play more and be more active and not introduce them to that and have that be their first interaction to things. That's an, in, that's an indi- then go to video games if they choose to. But. That's an individual solution to a group problem, though. Mm. You can do that for your child, but you can't do that for Sam's child if Sam doesn't want to I do will, that for his child. I will if you want me to. But you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't know the next door neighbor. You I know, I just can't in my brain even... I, I can understand that. Uh, we'll close out with something a little lighter before we do bits and other blogs. Uh, earlier this week, I think esports is plenty light. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, earlier this week, uh, it was announced that Disney Plus is rebooting the classic children's sports franchise, The Mighty Ducks. Oh, I love The Mighty Ducks. Do you now? I did. Actually. I also love The Mighty Ducks. Uh, but here's the twist. I did. Here's uh, the twist. Here's the twist. In this new updated version of the Mighty Ducks, which is a continuation of the story, the Mighty Ducks are now the bad guys. They're the established team who's been good for 20 years, and they're full of the hoity-toity teams. So now a new team has to rise up and challenge the incumbent Ducks. Dethrone the Ducks. Dethrone the... What are your thoughts on the evil Mighty Ducks? I like that. I kind of like it. I don't. I don't like that. As a guy who's wearing a Cobra Kai shirt right oh, now, yeah. uh, I really enjoyed that Cobra Kai series that took sort of the Karate Kid idea and flipped it, where maybe the Cobra Kai guys and Johnny weren't such bad yeah, that guys. Wasn't too bad. I think I don't like every franchise should do this, mind you, but I think this is a pretty interesting way to do a new take on the Mighty Ducks. Oh. They've already had like three Mighty Ducks movies where they're like, now we're local heroes, now we're world heroes, now we're in college. Disney, though. That Cobra nah, Kai was good. I don't know. I don't. Nah, think... Disney Plus has that money. They're gonna yeah, spend. Yeah, but, but they make they make cheesy. It's like, it's like fantasy, genre. like unreal. I don't know. I don't. I think it's gonna be terrible. Uh, I could. I'll give it a watch. I'll definitely give I'll it a watch. watch I'm more invested in that than some other things that they could remake. Um, all right, we'll do one bit from other blogs and then we'll get out of here. All right, uh, which game show, in your opinion, would be the most fun to be the host of? Which game show would be the most fun to be the host of? Uh, I came up with a short... Oh, go ahead. No, No, please go ahead. Supermarket Sweep. Supermarket Sweep, a game show that I love. Like sports commentator. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a real show anymore, right? I don't know. I think it's back on still. Is it? I think so. I don't know. I like that show. That's a great show. Well, if I go back and watch highlights for it now, it's funny because the prices are all wrong because they're like 20 years old, so you're like... I think that's on. I thought they brought it back or something. I hope they brought it back. They did, yeah. I think, uh, I'm not I want to say Guy Fieri is the host. Really? I think or something. Oh, yeah, why yeah. do I didn't know about this? But it's always one of those things, because he does love Supermarket Sweep, and what he'll do, though, is he'll only think to watch it, like, once every, like, eight to ten mm-hmm. months. So he'll YouTube, but the YouTube will always be the same result, and we'll get halfway through, like, wait a minute. I've seen this one. I've seen and this And it's just the same episode of Supermarket Sweep there over you go. and over. Uh, I was saying, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Sound Seems like it'd be fun to host, because it's real intimate, right? You're mm-hmm. you're real in control of it, asking the questions like mm-hmm. Heather. Which of these four questions will get you one million? I don't know why I'm doing that voice, that. but I'm that not- seems like you're nice and intense, like you're in the zone with it. Uh, Wheel of Fortune seems like one that I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a lot of fun that Pat Sajax having out there. Well, he seems like he's having fun, but the job doesn't seem like. <laughs> no. Uh, I said any of those Nickelodeon shows where you're working with like, the kids is yeah. probably fun. Like any, Double Dare. Yeah. yeah, Double Dare, Legends Hidden Temple. Anything where you can like watch kids like fall down or have them win awards. That's probably a lot Out of fun. Out there mixing up with the kids. Yeah, yeah. Fun, I would say for sure. 
Um, anything else that pops to your head? Yeah, uh, deal or no deal. Yep. Oh yeah, be a that's lot of fun a great one. Because you're out there like pressuring people, yeah. and, like, <laughs> acting real dramatic. That's and great. You got like all like your thirty briefcase girls who are like on your squad. And you're just out there ruining people. Um, also, Price is Right because it just seems like it's fucking pandemonium. Oh my god, yeah. Which would be a lot of fun if because if you're hosting, you're gonna want like some quiet little like. Okay, so we're doing this, and we're hosting. Yeah. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be hosting a game show, that would be you. The you Madness, should do, yeah, you know that's what I mean? you. Well, that's your, the, right. the maddest game show of all time. What about Fear Factory? You can watch people eat like oh, that would have been a jump out of planes. Was that like a game show? It was, yeah. Uh, I thought it was like a competition show where like people got voted off of. Though. No, no, they had to compete they competitions, had to compete, and then like right? if they lost it, they those yes. like. So if you had to get into like the container with the bugs, and you didn't eat right? Them. And you had to sit there for like a minute. The next, and you could only stay there for a minute. You're like, ah, no, I don't want to do this anymore. The next wow. person had to beat that time, um, or else they could still get through. I was, I always thought the Fear Factor was one where like you're on for a stretch and they eliminate people. No, no they do eliminate people in stages, but in the episode, though. in the episode, in each, so each episode is new competitors. Yeah, each time there's a new Fear Factor. Yeah, each episode there's, there's new guests new... who come in and one person wins uh, that particular episode. Not like but, a yeah, Amazing yeah. Race where it keeps on going. No, and, no. So. Yeah, no, reality shows are not game shows. Like, the, the real world is not a game yeah, yeah. show. But that's, well, that's... Well, certainly not the real world, but I mean the competition shows. Like the Amazing Race. Yeah, Amazing Race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, something like <laughs> the Amazing Race, something like Never. Survivor, something like anything where people are competing and getting eliminated in physical challenges. Hmm. All right, good answers on that one, guys. Uh, all right, thank you again, Devin Mahoney. Uh, follow him on Twitter at uh, UTCANY, or you can go to UTCANY.org to check out all their upcoming stuff, including $2 Tuesdays. Uh, this week, Winter in the Wild, February 29th. See you on Saturday at 10 a.m. I guess I'm hosting something I forgot about, so sorry about that. I'll, I'll work on it. host at noon. Noon, noon and 1230. I know. I know about that. That I'm aware okay. about. Uh, follow Heather at HeatherWaz1. You can follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SF Doom. Or just follow the show at Uticast. We're at Uticast.com, MadeInUtica.com for all upcoming and uh, back episodes. Uh, sayonara, humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. We are desperately, desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. And, of course, we will see you next week. Have a nice week, folks. Enjoy the rest of your last week of February.